1: Hey guys, I'm very excited for another episode of Show About Science. This is your host, Nate, and today we're going to be interviewing Kevin. He is working on crispr clustered regularly interspaced short palindromic repeats. This is going to be an awesome episode about science, so stay tuned. So we're going to ask just a few questions today.
2: Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me.
1: You're welcome. So, could you introduce yourself?
2: Sure. So, my name is Kevin Esvelt. I'm a professor at the MIT Media Lab, where I run a group called Sculpting Evolution.
1: So, how does CRISPR work? Like, how do you edit the DNA?
2: That's a great question. So, CRISPR can be thought of as a pair of really tiny scissors. And... The neat thing about it is you can program those scissors to recognize a particular sequence of DNA because DNA is made of four different kinds of molecules strung together like beads on a string. So with CRISPR you can give it a set of beads and it grabs onto those beads, goes in, finds a matching set of beads in the DNA, and will only cut the sequence that has the perfect match. So that means that we can use CRISPR to go in and find any set of beads, any DNA sequence in a cell, and we can program CRISPR to go there and cut it. And once you cut DNA, the cell needs to fix it. So it typically finds another DNA sequence that is similar and pastes it in its place. So because of CRISPR, we can cut and therefore edit any DNA sequence by programming CRISPR and giving the cell a new DNA sequence that we want to insert.
1: So, what does CRISPR stand for?
2: This is a real mouthful, I'm afraid. It stands for Clustered Regularly Interspersed Short Palindromic Repeats.
1: So, it stands for Clustered Regularly Interspaced Short Palindromic Repeats?
2: That's exactly right, and that has to do with the way that it was originally discovered. You see, CRISPR is a great defense that tiny cells called bacteria use to protect themselves from the DNA of viruses, things that make them sick. And the way it works is they use CRISPR to remember the DNA of things that have made them sick in the past, and then they program CRISPR to cut those DNA sequences in future so they can't get sick again. And when you look at the DNA that encodes a CRISPR system, it has a record of all the things that have made those bacteria sick in the past. And in between them, you have the same sequence that says, CRISPR, use me to target DNA.
1: So, I've got homework... Basically that homework is to create a creature. I have created a creature which has flaps of skin on its face, antenna on its head, and wings to fly, and it also has a squiggly tail. It also has a few spikes on its back like a hedgehog. How could I make that creature come to life with CRISPR?
2: Oh, wow. That's quite a question. So, one of the students I advise says that she got into molecular biology and working with CRISPR because she always wanted a dragon. And, of course, there are Komodo dragons in the wild, but they're not real dragons as most people think of them. They can't fly, for example. And so she always wanted to make a dragon. And... With CRISPR, we can now edit the DNA. But the problem is we don't know what DNA sequence will make that creature that you're describing. So the best way to find out is to find creatures that look a lot like the one that you want. So say the antenna, if you find something that looks a lot like what you want but doesn't have the antenna, then we can look at creatures that have antenna and figure out what DNA sequences give them antenna. So that's a really hard problem and one that we're still learning because the DNA programs that make creatures turn into what they are are some of the most complicated out there. So even though we can go and change the DNA to be just about anything we want with CRISPR, we still need to learn what sequence will create your creature. So your homework problem is a very, very difficult one, but it's one that we might be able to solve maybe in 10 or 20 years. Hopefully. You'll solve it.
1: How does CRISPR create new organisms and life? So, like, since I have cells, could I inject them into something, and then those cells will multiply? Will it give them green or white skin? Cause there it was white flowers and. And they were plants, so would it?
2: Yes, that's a great question. How do you use CRISPR to change the traits of an existing organism? So there's a couple of different ways you can do this. A lot of people want to change just a few cells in their bodies, so just a part of their body and not the whole body. So one way we can do that is we have to get CRISPR into those particular cells. So there's a bunch of different ways we can do this, although that's a pretty hard problem. But one way is to take a virus, like the ones that normally get sick, take out all of the bad genes, and then put in the new trait, so say the green or white DNA, and CRISPR in there. And then this virus shell will go into the cells in that part of the body and deliver CRISPR in the new DNA, and CRISPR will edit the existing DNA in those cells, and then, say, make them green or white. The other way to do it is if you edit the cells that will eventually grow into a whole new organism. So all of us start from a single cell that then divides and divides and divides again until you have a whole organism or a person. So if you edit the DNA that goes into that very first cell, then any of those changes, being green or being white, will eventually affect all of the cells of that entire organism, but then also of all organisms that it gives rise to. So when that green or white organism reproduces, its children will also be green or white, depending on how you programmed it.
1: So, what can CRISPR do? What's beyond our limits and what's not?
2: That is a fantastic question, Nate. CRISPR is a tool that's a really amazing tool because it lets us do a lot of different things in the cell, because DNA is so important, and CRISPR lets us not just edit the DNA, but it also lets us control what the DNA does in other ways. So the DNA is is like the instructions for making living things. But CRISPR can go in there, if we program it to recognize a particular sequence of DNA that does something, we can tell CRISPR to go there and not cut the DNA, but make it do more of that thing. And we can do that for any sequence of DNA in the cell. So all of the different instructions for making different parts of the organism, we can use CRISPR to change just one at a time. But what we don't know is, this gets back to your earlier question, how do you make your creature? We don't necessarily know which bits of DNA are important. That is, we don't know exactly which pieces of DNA we need to turn on or turn off in order to get it to make an antenna. So we have a lot of learning to do. One way that we can help figure that out is to use CRISPR to turn particular parts on and off and see if an antenna is formed. That's one of the most powerful ways we have of figuring out how life works. But if anything, CRISPR has made it much, much easier to do this, but at the same time, we have a long, long, long way to go.
1: I heard you went to the Galapagos when you were a kid.
2: I did. I was incredibly lucky to go to the Galapagos. So the Galapagos is these islands off the coast of South America. And it was where Charles Darwin, who first figured out how evolution worked, went when he was very young as a naturalist, the person who studies living things. And he saw all the different organisms in the Galapagos, and he noticed that some of them were similar to each other in different ways, and that was what helped him figure out that some kinds of organisms evolve into others, and that every living thing on this planet is ultimately related. So, I was lucky enough to go to the Galapagos when I was a kid, and I got to see all of the amazing creatures there. There are marine iguanas, like big lizards, but ones that swim in the ocean. There are blue-footed and red-footed boobies. They're like seagulls, but with feet that are either vibrant blue or vibrant red, and all sorts of other giant tortoises and amazing creatures of every kind. And that got me really interested in this question of, your question really, of what makes a living organism the way it is. And most of it is down to DNA. So I wanted to know how can I learn how DNA programs organisms to be different How does evolution work? How does DNA change over time to make different organisms? And how can we learn how to do that? So for me, that was just the amazing, inspiring experience that led to my choice to do what I do today. And even though we have a long way to go, tools like CRISPR have really made it a lot more fun than it was before.
1: Thank you for being on the show, Kevin.
2: Thank you so much for the invitation, Nate.
1: You're welcome. There you have it, folks. The show about science is complete. Dad, you can shut the recording off. For the newest episodes of the show about science, download the PIN app or go to pin.fm
0: Slash
1: promo.
0: Hi, my name's Zach. I'm 12 years old, and I host We the Children, the podcast where kids talk climate change. Like a lot of kids my age, when I think about the future, I can't help but wonder what kind of world will be waiting for us. Will polar bears still roam the Arctic? Will we still be able to see colorful coral reefs or build snowmen in the winter? I'd like to think so. That's why I'm trying to learn as much as I can about climate change science, stories, and solutions from some of the world's leading experts and share what I learned with all of you. Together, we can decide what type of future we want for our planet. Subscribe to We the Children on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and visit us at wethechildrenpodcast.com. Remember, we, the children, have the power to make a difference.